want to welcome you to the Adventure Church Podcast. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday with a message by Pastor CJ entitled, Celebrate. Jesus came riding in on a donkey and people were celebrating. The long-awaited Messiah was here. He came to give us life, peace, and hope that the world can't give. He wants us to celebrate life with Him. Isn't Jesus a great reason to celebrate? But, but we, we really, truly do love you guys, and thank you so much for your hospitality, uh, for letting us be your pastor. And I know that I'm a radical fanatical, and I know that, that I don't let the grass get under my feet, but I sincerely really hope you understand how much Cheryl and I really do love you. And uh, we, we are so grateful, so grateful to be your pastors. Take out your sermon notes today as we get into the Word this morning. And as we get into the Word, I want to encourage you that I'm going to be starting to write every, every day. I'm putting little nuggets on Facebook or on email. Uh, how do we do that, Tori? What am I putting it on? Facebook. I just do what she tells me to do. And, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me to write books, and they always say I got one-liners and stuff, whatever. Uh, but if you want to, from now on, I'll be putting things on uh, Facebook and emails. And I did yesterday. I got to still put one on today. Um, but I will be put, posting things all the time of new things that are happening, maybe uh, encouraging words uh, that I'll be putting on there. And so you can kind of follow with what's going on. Hey, I want to talk to you about Celebrate. How many know that we have a lot to celebrate about? Amen. We really do. Uh, there's a lot to celebrate. I, I am so grateful that I can celebrate life. I'm so grateful that I can celebrate my family, my grandkids, my two future grandkids to come. I am so grateful to celebrate. There is so much to celebrate. But if you have your notes today, you can see when you celebrate, there are usually reasons to celebrate. And a lot of times people don't really stop to think about what there really means to celebrate. And the first one is to do, you celebrate to honor someone. You pay due or respect to the one that has maybe done some great accolades or great things. You want to honor them. Just like a few weeks ago, we honored Dwayne for being 20-some years on the board, and we represented him, and we gave him a plaque to represent him and to honor him for all his hard work and labor. But a lot of people get recognized or honored. And if you've been watching Facebook, Steve Christian and Deb Christian's daughter, granddaughter has been doing the gymnastics, and I don't know about you, but I've been keeping up with that and kind of just encouraging her, being her, being her cheerleader. Uh, she got 8.6 on the on the beam or on the no on the on the vault and it's so cool and so I wrote back to our next future Olympic and then of course then she responded back but you know the cool thing is is that you give honor to where honor is due and that's why today that Helen I'm sincerely honoring you even though you don't have blue hair like you have on the Facebook amen and so I was expecting to see her yesterday at the peep outreach with blue hair but she did something on her Facebook to make it look like that whatever you did is cool and, uh, but, you know, the cool thing is you honor people for their accolades or what they have done. Another one is that you, you, uh, you celebrate for bringing in a new year. And uh, if you're anything like me, I, I love to celebrate New Year's. I, I stay up. I don't go to bed at 9 o'clock. I stay up to watch the ball drop. Amen. And I, I like doing that because it kind of brings some excitement. And you know what's cool about that? Yeah, you got a lot of crazy people doing a lot of crazy things. But one of the key reasons why they're celebrating is that they're putting the old behind them and they're celebrating a new year. 
And how many of you know that you and I can celebrate a new day because we have Jesus in our lives? Because this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In other words, what it means to celebrate each day that we have with Christ. Amen? So don't take each day that you have for granted, but celebrate the days that you have with the Lord. And so a lot of times we take it for granted. And so we walk through this life sometimes mopey. We sometimes are sad and discouraged because we forget that God has given us this day. And this day is not like a new year. It's a new day every day that we can celebrate and be glad in it. If you lived like I lived in Chicago, and one of the big things about Chicago is that people would always say, if you don't like the weather, don't worry, in a couple hours it will change. Amen? And you know what? That's the same way with God. If you don't like your circumstances right now, begin to celebrate. And when you celebrate, it gets your focus off your problem and you get your focus on your problem solver. And so when you get your focus on your problem solver, God will take care of your situations and circumstances of life. So you celebrate each day, not just each year, but also to recognize someone on their special day, to recognize them. I don't know about you, but when our grandbabies, when they first turn one, what is the big thing about when grandbabies? babies turn one. What do you allow them to do? You put them in their height chair and you put in front of them a cake, right? And the whole thing about that is that this is their first birthday and they get to eat their cake. And what do you want them to do? For the picture's sake, you want them to take it, grab it, smash it all over their face, right? And if they don't, you help them, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? You make it look good. Get one for the camera. And because you want them to be able to celebrate because it's their first birthday. And you always recognize people on their birthday or you celebrate on a special day, whether it be an anniversary. And I saw that there's people here in our church today that had their anniversary. But you celebrate for those reasons. And in this day, today, Palm Sunday, is a day that we celebrate. We celebrate Jesus. And here's the crazy thing about this. We celebrate Jesus coming in like a parade, but yet even though he knew his destiny was not to live, but yet to die, and we celebrated life, but we also celebrated death. Wow, think about that. On one hand, you celebrate the life that we're going to have through Christ Jesus, but then on the other hand, we celebrate death. Uh, we had a tragedy just happen in our family this week. We received a phone call on Thursday. Um, my daughter's husband's father uh, he had MS, and he was also legally blind, and he was walking down a flight of steps there in his house, and he tripped and fell, and he crashed down to the floor, and when he did so, he lost his life. And so, uh, I don't want to go into details, but he lost his life. And so, we never know, guys, listen to your pastor, you never know the day that you have to celebrate. You know, the Bible says that life is like a breath span. It's here today. And it's gone, Holly, tomorrow. You see, that's why Jesus gives us each day so that we rejoice and be glad in it. You see, so Jesus is saying, Joe, he says that what happened was he came to give us life because the people were celebrating. And why the palm leaves? The palm leaves represented they were honoring, sacrificing, surrendering. This was what, what the palm leaves meant. It was a sign of honoring a sign of surrendering, 
and a sign of sacrificing their lives to the one who came to take away their sins of the world. And what they were doing, they're saying, God, we recognize you as our life support. We recognize you that, God, you are our hope. You are a rock in our salvation. How many of you know that they don't have to now talk about it, but they did in the Old Testament? Because in the Old Testament, they talked about that there will be a Messiah that will, Michael will come eventually to take away the sins of the world. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just hear talk. Talk is cheap. I want to see action. And finally, what they've read in the Old Testament and they hold, heard in the Old Testament is now coming to flourishing, and they're beginning to see the life of Jesus, that which was talked about in Isaiah and all the books of the Bible in the Old Testament is now coming before their eyes, that they're finally seeing the reality of Christ. Let me ask you something. How many have given up on Christ or given up on the Lord because you haven't seen it come to pass? Many people quit on God because they expect it to happen at this time. They expect it to happen this way, and if it don't, we get mad and we quit. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to quit in the middle of the stream. And when you quit in the middle of the stream, what happens is the stream will eventually overcome you and drown you out. And some of us are on the verge of quitting and giving up because we haven't seen the results that we want to see in our lives. But I'm here to remind you that God's timetable does not work on yours. We work on a timetable of our watch 24 hours. But God works on a timetable that today with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And God says, listen, you just be still and know that I'm God, and I'm working it out even though you don't see it. You see, listen, to celebrate it means that something good is happening, or something good is about to happen, and you can expect good things. Man, can you imagine something good is about to happen? You know, I, I look forward to every Sunday, Randy, every Sunday. And the reason why I look forward to every Sunday is not just to be able to see you, but it's an opportunity for me as a pastor to also come and worship the Lord. You know that every Sunday that we come, the reason why we come is not just to hear me or hear the word or the worship, but it's to come to give honor and to celebrate a risen Savior that we can celebrate a risen Savior. And not only that we can celebrate a risen Savior, but we can come to a place that is safe without any outside ridicule, without any outside opinions from the world, but we can come and worship the King of kings and Lord of lords and celebrate him. I always know this, that the Bible says that laughter or joy is like good medicine. And how many of you know if laughter or joy is like good one of the things that we can do is come to church and be filled with joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength to help us make it through each day. So if your joy tank is empty, this is the reason why we come to church to celebrate, to raise up our joy tank, to have the strength to go out the, in the side of the, in the world again to be able to face the battles that we face in our lives. And so in John chapter 12, verses 12 through you read the story about the people celebrating Jesus. There was a parade. I don't know about you, but I saw in the paper the other day that they had the St. Patty's Parade in Webb Lake, and they said that over 5,000 people have gone to Red, uh, Webb Lake. I went there about five years ago, and I talked to a lot of the uh, merchant people there that have uh, uh, the businesses around in that area. They say that through that parade, through that parade, Helen, they make half their income for the year from that parade. That's what they say. 
And they make that much because of the fact of the people that come from the outside, from Minnesota to other different places that they come, and they congregate at Web Lake, that they make over half their income for the whole entire year. Can you believe that? And that when they do, they celebrate, and they hand out beads, and they give out different things and so on, and they celebrate for St. Patty's Day. But why is it sometimes, can I ask you a question, why is it sometimes so hard for us to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? You see, the Bible says that we don't put our, our, our light under a bushel and hide it, but we put it on the hill so the city can be seen and they can see it. That we have something within us, and that which within us is peculiar, different, that changes our lives, and because it changes our lives, we should celebrate that which changes us. But a lot of times we don't want to celebrate. We're ashamed. But Paul says in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God. It saves the salvation unto man. So we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. We should celebrate the gospel and him, who Jesus Christ is and what he's done in our lives. Somebody say amen. So here was these people. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. How many of you know that the best way of advertisement is the word of mouth? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A lot of times the best advertisement is by the word of mouth, by me telling uh, uh, Kevin and Kevin telling his wife, and then it just keeps spreading. That, man, did you know about this Jesus guy? Did you know about this Jesus guy? And before you know it, man, we're populating the earth because we're not keeping our mouth quiet, but we're opening our mouth and expressing our love and our joy and our commitment to God. And so they were spreading. So because they were spreading the word, the crowds grew. Back in Jesus' day, guess what? They didn't have they didn't have sound systems. They didn't have any of that. You know how Jesus' popularity grew? By word of mouth. And that's why every, th every time you hear about Jesus and Jesus approaching the crowd, they heard that Jesus was coming. And because they heard that Jesus was coming, on this particular day, not only did they heard what Jesus was coming, but they knew what he was coming for. And he says this, They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Can you imagine that? They were given respect, honor, sacrifice, and commitment to God. That Hosanna, Hosanna. They are identifying the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They were recognizing that he's the Savior of the world. They were recognizing that I need him to transform my life. You see, the Bible says that we can honor God with our lips but our heart can be heart far from him. You see, I, I know Gretchen. Gretchen was from our other church, and she, she knows she, she was part of the growth. And she got her, his, his dad, Mike's dad, and his mom were part of the church when we first, first started, remember, in, in Prior Lake. And they watched it grow and so on. They see what we did and what God did. And it was so cool to see what God did. But you know what? I know Gretchen. But listen, just because I know her doesn't mean I really know her intimately. And the only way I can get to know her intimately here in Mike is spending time with her. And the more I spend time with Mike and Gretchen and their beautiful three kids, the more I get to know them. 
You see, a lot of people can say they know Jesus, but anybody can say they know God. The Bible says in James 2.19 that even the demons believe there's a God. They can believe, anybody can say they believe in God, but what makes it different with you and I is that we get intimate time with the Lord that we not only just say it from our lips, but we know it in our hearts. And out of the overflow of our hearts, our what? Our mouth is going to speak. So what you're going to put in is going to come out. And if you spend time with God, you're going to get to know him. And when you get to know him, you're going to be like that girlfriend and boyfriend when you first start dating. You can't keep your mind off him or her. And all of a sudden, man, you're telling your brothers, you're telling your mom, your dad, you're telling all your friends at school, man, I got me a new man. Oh, man. Because you're all excited. It's the same way with Jesus. If Jesus is really your Lord and Savior and you really know who he is and the power of who he really is and the might of who he is, guess what? It's not a time to contain him, but it's a time to release him. It's a time to share him. It's a time to celebrate the resurrected Savior, the one who came to set the captives free. And the one who came to set the captives free, it's you and it's me. Somebody say amen. Aren't you glad you're free today? I'm so glad of that. But then he goes on to say, he says, look, at, he said, blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming. Your king is coming, seated on a donkey's coat. At first, the disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that. And so what was happening, things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. And so what was happening is now they were expressing that which Jesus said he would do. It was coming to pass. You have your notes. Look at this. Some say he was just a good man. Others say he was a prophet. Even others say he was a good teacher. You know why they said that? Because they didn't have an intimate relationship with God. You know, I wonder about us. If somebody would ask you, who is your Jesus, how would you introduce your Jesus? I want you to put on your imagination caps with me for a moment, and I want you to think for a moment. I want all of us to imagine you are the host of a party. Okay? You're a host of a party. All right? So, Terry, you're hosting a party. The place is packed. I'm telling you, Dawn, it's packed out. It's packed out. But there's one guest that's not there. And you're waiting for this guest to come. And you're the host of this party, Beck. So I'm, in a moment, going to ask you to introduce your, your guest. You're the host of this party. And, man, the place is packed. Man, there's so much excitement in the air. And finally you hear a knock at the door. And you open the door, and it's the guest you've been waiting for, Jesus. You look at him, and you're just so excited, so full of glue, man, just, man, just thrilled to see him, and man, you're just jumping for joy, and all of a sudden, the people just stop, and they gaze at Jesus, and they're waiting for the inter you to introduce him. Now, Jesus is standing at the door, and you're the host. How will you introduce your Jesus? He's my Redeemer. How will you introduce your Jesus? My Savior. How will you introduce your Jesus? Amazing. How will you introduce your Jesus? Lover of my soul. How will you introduce your Jesus? Lord, Savior, and my best friend. 
Helen, how would you introduce your Jesus? This is the one who took away my sin. In the words of my children, he's my dad. The great I am. The great I am. Come on, Mr. Prophet, Mr. Great Man of God, tell me some wisdom. He's my healer. He's my healer, too. Check this out. Ma'am, the reason why Jesus, he's all these things, it's summed up, in Andy, in his name, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And what happens? He says, Jake, he says, I am your God, and I change not. And what Jesus wants us to do is introduce others about who he is. Now, you say who he is. Now, some people, when I lived in Colorado, when I lived in Colorado, we would get knocks at the door. And I don't have to say the denomination or religion or whatever they were. But they would say, and you can figure this out for yourself, they would say that Jesus was just a good friend. And before you know it, we got in dispute. And, man, I kid you not, I'm not exaggerating any stretch of the imagination. I had one individual come, and when they come, when they come, I won't say the denomination, when they come, they usually come with kids. And the reason why they come with kids, if you ever go to their place, they introduce you with a family situation. So they come with them with kids so that you won't really attack them, you know, because kids are present. But I said, oh, forget that. I'm going to give them a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so I gave him a double dose of the Holy Ghost. No kidding. I promise you. I promise you. Man, I had the one lady, I kid you not, crying. The man ran out the door, but the lady stayed there, and I was able to pray with her. The two kids were just standing there like deer in headlights. I, I kid you not. Because you know what? They, they wanted to claim that Jesus was just a good man. Before you knew it, that lady accepted him as Lord and Savior. No kidding. You ask my wife. It was the coolest thing. They didn't come to my house anymore. Amen. That's, that's, that's no kidding. They get you labeled. They know your house. And they don't come there. X marks the spot. Don't go there. Amen. Amen. Hey, that's, that's no kidding. You see, but who do you say Jesus is today? Is he truly who you say he is? You see, there are events that take place. And I want to really go quickly over this. There are three th- events that took place. Number one in this story. Number one. Jesus came in on a donkey. Wow, can you think about that? If you have your notes, you can see there, a donkey has a keen sense of curiosity. How many know that's true? Amen. Because of the donkey, they are considered stubborn. Some of you are saying, my wife is like that. My husband's like that. He's just stubborn. Amen. Lord, get him. Sick him, Holy Spirit. Amen. But this is actually due to their high-developed sense of self-preservation. Now, this is a true story. I, I kid you not. I, I'm not kidding you. They're high self of preservation. In other words, they are always on the alert for prey. They are sensitive to predators. That's what donkeys really are. But a lot of times we think they're stubborn, but they're very keen to predators and those things around them. At our church in Grand Junction, uh, we, we did the Lord's Supper. This is no kidding. We did the Living Lord's Supper, and we had all the disciples. We Man, the whole platform was decked out. And we had Jesus coming in on the donkey. 
So here's the cool thing. In Colorado, you have really, you have ranchers there. You really do. You have cattle drives, and they take them from the valley. Where I live in Grand Junction, it's called the valley. And because it's hot and dry in the summertime, the grass gets really brittle, almost like, like Phoenix or like Arizona or Las Vegas. And so what they would do is they would rally up their, their cattle, and they would have cattle drives and take them up into the mountains. No kidding. They would take them up in the mountains. But if you ever go to Colorado, they don't have fences. But what they do have, they have cattle guards, okay? And cattle guards are, their pipes about so big, and they put them in the, in the middle of the road, just anywhere randomly. These And those cattle know that they're about this, this round, and they're about separated about four inches apart from each pipe. And they've probably got about five, six pipes that are lined up. And those cattle know not to go across that. So that means that's their boundary, not to go across that. And so here these cattle raise all, graze all over the field up there in the mountains, and they got all this grass and so on. And then you have to round them up, and then you bring them back down during the wintertime. But anyways, here we are. We're doing the Lord's Supper. We have this beautiful donkey. He's outside waiting to do the Jesus triumphal thing. True story, true story. I'm not ex exaggerating anyway. And finally, we're trying to get Jesus, the cue for Jesus to come in on the donkey is supposed to be now. Well, the donkey had a stubborn attitude. And we're outside. I, I, I'm not kidding you. Cars were going by, and they were beeping at us, cracking up, because we're behind this donkey trying to push him. This donkey, he all, he all, he all. And I'm, I'm, he was, you know, crazy. And Randy Boer was our Jesus. And, man, the donkey would not go in the building. And we're like, what the scoop, Randy, is wrong with this donkey? Get this donkey in the building. And one of the guys said, wait a minute, CJ, we got to put a rug over the door gate. We said, what do you mean over the door? And sure enough, that girder from the door, that donkey thought that that was a, a cattle guard. And it wouldn't cross over the door. So finally, we took a mat and we put it over the girder. And that donkey walked in happy and you know it. He was like, I'm bad, come on. Now, Randy Boer was Jesus. Now, so what we did, the donkey came in the door, and once the donkey came in the door, we're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. People were waving their palm leaves. The donkey freaked out. I'm not exaggerating. I kid you not. Right down the center aisle, he started bucking. And Jesus is on the... Jesus is on the donkey. I kid you not. Now, Randy Boer had the long beard and, you know, the fake hair, the whore. The donkey threw him off that he landed in the lap of a lady. I kid you not. The donkey, eel, eel. And the two guys were holding the donkey to try to keep it still. And then Randy got up, and his wig was all messed up. His beard was turned sideways. And I mean to tell you, finally, he just walked alongside the donkey. <laughs> finally, it's no kidding. He walks up. And gets in his place, and he's shaking his disciples like everything is cool. But Randy forgot what he looked like. His wig was all messed up. He looked like Phyllis Diller. I kid you not. His beard was all twisted all up. And finally, no kidding, Peter that was sitting right next to him, he must have whispered to Jesus, Jesus, your hair is messed up. He looked like a lady in a partition or a salon fixing his hair. But that donkey was smarter than we were. Because he wouldn't cross over that barrier. And we thought he was a goofy donkey. But guess who was goofy? We were. But you know what? Here's the cool thing about a donkey. You know, donkeys are known to be stubborn. But you know what Jesus did? He broke the donkey. And he was able to ride the donkey. 
And what if, uh, sometimes the Bible says that we have to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift us up. You see, when he came in as a donkey, he came in that we were broken. God, I want to be humbled. I want to be broken before you. So when God comes into your hearts, he wants us to be humbled before you, that you humble yourself so he can lift you up. Some time ago when I was a kid, how many of you like wrestling? I went to the WWF wrestling. I used to go to those. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Don't be modest, you sinner. sinner. Oh, there we go. We got a guy waving way back there. He's, come on. You remember what I'm talking about? I used to go to those bad boys. And I remember my first match. And I kid you not, the place was packed. And, man, they come out. And it's kind of like this. And they come out. Smoke's coming and everything. And once they come out, they're all greased up. They look like a bunch of greased pigs. You know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, as soon as they make the threshold, the crowd goes what? Crazy. I mean, they go out of their minds. I'm listening. there, what am I at? And they were going crazy for a guy that was getting beat up. Can I ask you something? Why is it so hard for us to get excited about Jesus when he came to take away the sins of the world? Guess what? Jesus pinned the devil. The devil didn't pin Jesus. And we get so excited when Jesus won. And if we get so excited, shouldn't we let our face show it? That Jesus t- changed our life. In Zechariah 9, verse 9, it says these words. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. He said, See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, the foal of a donkey. That Jesus fulfilled that which he said he will do. God will always follow through with his word and how he says he will do things. Let me say this to you. God says he will do it his way. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways. So when you think you got God figured out, that's when you don't. God says, just, just be still and know that I'm God. I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. You see, we had an artist, and this artist came to our church, and, and I, I'll never forget, I had actually three artists, and we did this for, for the new year. And they, we had three artists that were on the platform, and while I was speaking, they were drawing. And th- you, you couldn't tell what they were drawing. It was crazy. It was, it was unbelievable. And so they were drawing the whole time I was speaking. And then after I got done speaking... The two artists showed their picture, and they told us to explain what it was. And the third artist, I'll never forget this, the third artist, he intentionally painted upside down. So when he took his picture, what he did, he flipped it up the other way around. Maybe you guys seen these guys that do that. And he took it, and he flipped it the other way around. And I said, Brett, his name was Brett Longley. He's called the dog guy. You can look him up on the Internet. And I said, Brett, I said, what is this? And he turned it upside down. And you look at it, it looked like a bunch of scribbles. Do you remember this when we did this? And, and it looked like a bunch of scribbles on this mat. And I thought, Brett, what in the world is this? It looked like a rector scale. <laughs> like he went crazy. He flipped it upside down. And you know what it was? It was an eagle. It was the greatest looking eagle that since it was so, you should have seen, it was so unbelievable that we took it and we made it into print. That everybody in our church got one of those. Did you get one of those? Every one of those got a print of that. And he gave, gave me the picture and I gave it to my brother-in-law because my brother-in-law liked it. He gave the, Ethan the original picture of that. But when you saw it, you look at it like, what is that? What, it looks like a b- bunch of mess. And he turned it upside down. It was an eagle. And you know what? Sometimes you may not understand the picture that God has for your life, 
But God doesn't want you just to understand. He just wants you to be obedient. You see, God doesn't look for just ability. He looks for availability. He looks for you just willing and surrender to me. Are you willing to let me do what I want to do? And sometimes God works things out that you don't understand. And you may not understand the picture of your life. But God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to what? To prosper you. Plans to give you hope for your future. And you may not know your future, but I'm here to tell you there's one that does. And all God wants you to do is trust. Trust him and believe him and be still. And let God do the work in your life. So the donkey, number two is this. Jesus was the only one who could take away sins, take our sins away. How many know that's true? You can do everything you can. You know, uh, Dawn soap. How many ever use Dawn dish soap? Man, that stuff's amazing. Praise the Lord. My, my, uh, my father-in-law, he lived with us for six years, and uh, he would sit in his spot for day in and day out because he was kind of handicapped and so on and so forth. So he would sit in his spot, but he had these shoes that had black uh, soles on them. And I'm not kidding you. You remember my father. He had the, the show, these shoes with black soles, and he would sit there, and I mean to tell you, my carpet, I just put it, it was all new, and I made it nice for him, and he had his own apartment down there, and that whole works. And anyways, from his shoes, it made my carpet get just black. Of course, I asked him, Dad, what did you do to my carpet? His response was, I didn't do that. What do you mean you didn't do that? Who else sits there? And you know what? It's a crazy thing. They said, get some Dawn soap. So I took Dawn soap, and I didn't put it in water. I just put it on there like liquid form. And you know what that stuff did? It took it out. Thank you, Jesus. I was able to sell my house, not put new carpet in. Thank you, Lord. But you know what? We say that, man, God, you know what? Dawn soap is powerful. But you know what's more powerful? The blood of Jesus. That Jesus is the only way to salvation. I want to be so full of Jesus that when a mosquito bites me, it goes away flying, singing power in the blood. You see, because Jesus, I want more of you and less of me. But you only find that in Jesus. See, we try to find it in other things, material things. We try to, we try to find it in this or that and the other thing. But the only way you're going to find peace that passes all understanding is through Jesus. And that's what he says. When Jesus came into their presence, they rejoiced because they, their hope had come to take away their sins of the world. That's what they were rejoicing about because finally I'm going to be set free. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that now I'm going to be free. Aren't you glad that you're free today? But yet, you know what? Even though Jesus has given us a free ticket to be free, a lot of us are not taking advantage of the ticket that God has given us. We're still walking lame. We're still walking with one foot in and one foot out. We're still walking lukewarm, and Jesus said he'll spool you out of our mouth. And Jesus wants us to be sold out to him. There's no other way to find Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11, watch what he says. If in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset of Jesus Christ. Wow, of Christ Jesus. Who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. Think about this for a minute. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to be served, but to serve and get my life as a ransom. What Jesus did, he came in to serve you and I. Can you imagine that? 
He came to serve us so that you and I could have life. And then he goes on to say, he said, the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He said, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Can I just say this for you for a moment? Do you know that the number one, this is no kidding, the number one selling Christian emblem, do you know what it is? It's the cross. It's the number one selling Christian emblem that people who have crosses all the time. They're wearing a cross, cross earrings, crosses on their car, crosses in their house. But you know what the cross represents? Suffering. Think about that. And so a lot of people equate the cross that if I wear the cross, it's going to give me salvation. The cross only represents what Jesus did on the cross. It's not the power in the cross, the power of the one who was on the cross for you and I who died for our sins, who came to set the captives free. Amen? So he says, listen, even the he said, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Now watch this. I love this. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. You know, I always say this. If you don't do it now, you're going to do it later. So I'm going to do it now. Lord, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge you now as my Lord and Savior. You know, just like I shared about my daughter's father-in-law who passed away this weekend. You know what? You never know your time of the hour when Jesus will come. You see, I see a lot of times that people play Russian roulette with God. Man, they have man six empty chambers, but one still left. And they make it through the first one. Bam! But they're fearful when they pull the trigger. And they make it through the second one. Bam! They make it through the third. But finally, maybe the fourth one. And you never know when the time of the day come when Jesus will take us away. And you never know. You see, people always say, well, I got till tomorrow. You see, if you knew every time when Jesus was coming to your house, we'd be waiting there for him. But that's the beauty about Jesus. He keeps you in suspense so that you're ready when he does come. That your bags are packed. Your bags are packed. You remember that song? Leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. Oh, babe, I hate to go. You never know when you're leaving on your jet plane with Jesus. Amen? And that's why it's important that you identify yourself with Jesus, that God, you're the Lord and Savior of my life. There is no other God before me. And you see, that's why he says, he says in Acts, First uh, John, uh, John 14, verse 6, look what he says here. He says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, there's only through Jesus that we get life and life more abundantly. There is no other way. You see, many of you have hundreds of keys probably on your, on your strap to your side of your belt. you got one of those keychains. You've got hundreds of keys. But every one of those keys represent a different lock. Isn't that right? They represent a different lock. So if I take this key, Don, it, it starts my car. If I take this key, it opens my house. If I take this key, it opens the garage. Whatever the key may be, it's for a purpose. How many of you know that Jesus is the key? He is the only key. And so many times we're trying to find other keys to open up happiness, joy, peace in your life when Jesus is the only way, the only way, the right key. Amen? How many of you have ever watched that movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Remember that? I used to love that movie. Oompa, oompa, oompa de doo. I got another riddle for you. I want to go to Ghost Now, Daddy. Remember that? 
I'm a golden goose now, daddy. And that one girl gets turns into a big blueberry. But you know what? When I watched that movie, I felt like that kid. I want the golden ticket, daddy. I was ready to go out and buy Willy Wonka bars. No, come on. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, whoa. You know what? God has given that to you. He's given you the golden ticket. And the golden ticket is through Jesus. It's through Jesus. There's no other way. And that's why he says in Acts 4, verse 12, he said, salvation is found. There's no other God under heaven, under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Wow. Which we must be saved. I remember this song. I want you to sing it with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I am found, was blind, but now I see. You get that? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I told you about the story with my little grandson getting lost when we went to see Disney on Ice the other day. Scared the fire out of me. It was only a five-minute episode, but in those five minutes, it was the scariest feeling ever to think I lost my little five-year-old grandson. Think of what Jesus feels like. We serve a jealous God that doesn't want any to perish. And when you are lost, Jesus said, when you coming home, when you coming home, God desires for you to come home to him. You see, the hope he gives us today is that you and I can have be, be saved from sin and death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Lastly, as I close, Jesus wants us to celebrate life with him. You know that Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Jesus doesn't want us to be paupers, beggars, but Jesus wants us to have life. You see, as the people celebrate the life they had with Jesus on that great triumphal entry, Jesus wants to celebrate life with you today. And the only way you can celebrate life is saying, Jesus, come into my heart. He came to give us life, peace, and hope that the world can't give. Jeremiah Beck, will you step to the... He can't, came to give us life. There's this boy that one day, he saved up all his money he could... He wanted to go on this cruise, and he saved up all the money that he needed to go on this cruise, and finally, he had enough money to buy his ticket for this cruise, and when he got on the cruise, he was so excited that he finally accomplished a goal, a dream, a desire of his heart to raise all this money, and as lunchtime came, this young man would always peer into the window of the cafeteria of this cruise. And he would say to himself, man, I wish, I wish I could go in and eat with these people. I wish that I could, man, sit at the banquet table and just buffet. Look at all these great desserts. And if you've ever been on a cruise, I've been on the Princess Cruise in Alaska. It was amazing. 
man, the food, you, I'm telling you, they, they're not kidding when they find out about elastic bands. You find out how they stretch when you go on a cruise. Amen? They say a rubber band doesn't have its purpose until it's stretched. Same with your waistband. Amen? Thank Jesus. I got out of there singing deep and wide, deep and wide. I did. Hey. And this young man, day in, day out, for three days consecutive, breakfast, lunch, dinner, he would appear in the window of this ship thinking, man, I wish, I wish. Till one day, the third day of the cruise, one of the people that got walked up to the young man and said, hey, uh, why are, are you looking out here and eating crackers that you have in your suitcase? Why are you eating these crackers? And the young man says, well, um, I didn't pay for the ticket to eat the buffet. And the man said, wait a minute, young man. Your ticket is all-inclusive. You're able to eat in the buffet. And the young man said, really? And he, guess what he did? He ran into that buffet, and he called it pig-out trough. But here's the key, here's the key folks. Listen. Some of you have the ticket, and you're only eating crackers and crumbs from the table. When God says, will you step over and be that donkey and step over the threshold into the buffet, what I have prepared for you. And what happens is a lot of times we get upset and mad at other Christians that are vibrant and excelling and going forward is because they took advantage of the ticket. And that ticket, Melissa, is Jesus. And the only way that you're going to really have the full effect of the benefits or the banquet of Jesus is inviting him in his heart. This morning we had four brand new people that came to Jesus this morning. It was amazing. So this morning, are you holding the ticket in your hand and you're not cashing in yet? Will you stand with me? I believe that today that God wants to do something in people's hearts. I believe that God wants to transform lives today. Maybe today you have the ticket in your hand, but you haven't had the full experience that God has for you. First of all, I want to say this to you, that you're at a safe place where family, and a family that prays together stays together. And maybe you came today and you need to say, God, I don't want to be an outsider looking in. I want to be in all the way. I want to have both feet in, not one foot in, one foot out. I want to be sold out to you. Maybe you've been on that fence and you've been lukewarm and you've been saying, God, I need to get it right with you. Maybe that's you. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? No one's looking around, but you say, Pastor, I want to make things right with God. I haven't been living the life I should be. I haven't been doing what I should be. And I need just to make a new commitment with God. I, my relationship with God is boring, just like you talked about, Pastor. But I want it to be exuberant again. I want to have that life again. If that's you and you say, I want to accept Jesus in my heart. Will you just lift your hand today? Just lift your hand. Yes, I see the hand. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus today. Anyone else? I see one hand. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, just lift your hand up high if you're lifting your hand. Anyone else? I'm going to count to three. Don't miss this call. I know that God's tugging on your heart. I know without a doubt. And you say, Pastor, I want to make it right. One. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? Yes, another hand. Yes, another hand. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, I want to make it right today. Two, don't miss this call. I believe God's tugging on your heart. I believe that without a doubt. 
three. You may put them down. Will you look at me for a moment? There were four hands again in this service that raised their hands. If you really mean business with God, let us give you a good gift. And that gift of a gift of eternal life. Life everlasting. And here's the beautiful thing about it. It's free. And when it's free, it will transform your life. And there's no strings attached. So if you mean business with God and you raised your hand, I don't, I'm not going to come and get you, but if you mean business, if you feel comfortable, just step out of your seat, will you? Let me pray with you. Come on. Come on. Just come. Come on. Come on. Just come. Don't hesitate. Come on. Come on. There's one coming. Anyone else? Come on. Come on. Others raise your hand. Don't worry about it. Come on. Nobody's here to embarrass you. Nobody's here to embarrass you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Come on. There's three others, and if you don't feel comfortable, that's understandable. Allison, can you come and over here and pray? And and others, Terry, come on. Come on over here and just pray. Pastor Carolyn, you four ladies, just come. Now, here's what I want to do, because right next to you, you don't know, but right next to you, somebody raised their hand. So can you do me a favor? Can you grab the person's hand next to you? Will you do that? And I want to pray with you today. Because somebody next to you, there's three people out there. That somebody next to you raised their hand. Will you repeat this after me, all of us together? Let's be a, a choir for the Lord. Amen. Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, come into my heart. Forgive me of my wrongs, my faults, and my failures. I ask, Lord Jesus, that today you become my Lord and Savior. Master and Redeemer of my life. I invite you in. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that today I am a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. You know what you just did? Right next to you, you don't know, but I know some of you just led somebody to Jesus. And you know what the Bible says in Daniel? Those that win souls are shining like the stars forevermore. You look like a bunch of rock stars today. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. We love you. Bless you. See you Wednesday, Friday at Good Friday service. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. We here at Adventure Church would really love to hear from you. You can connect with us online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at Adventure Church Siren. Or check out our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.